Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Wasn't that worship amazing? It's really good stuff. Love it. Well, hope you're doing well and hope you're ready to jump in. Uh, I've been preparing for a while, and last night around 5 o'clock, I felt like the Lord switched it up. So I'm free falling or whatever. Well, you don't want to hear me sing. But I, wanted, I want to honor uh, Franklin Graham had a post about praying for our president, and I just want to pray for him, okay? And it's biblical because it says it in 1 Timothy 2. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. So, Father, we just thank you for this amazing nation that we have the privilege of being able to be a part of, to live in. We want to pray for our president and pray for the wisdom of God to rest upon him, that your covering would be over him and that you would bless him with the wisdom that he needs to govern and lead. You'll bless the vice president, Pence, and his family. You'll also bless the Congress, the Senate. We just pray over our government you said to ask for wisdom and you would give it. So we're asking on their behalf. We're, we're requesting, Lord, a, we have a request that you would grant them wisdom. And that Holy Spirit, you would guide them into all truth. They would know the truth that sets them free. So bless our nation. We also ask you to bless the time that we're here this morning. Pray your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, we finished up a, a series called Thrive last week and kind of been praying about what we're going into next. And uh, this word about being a history maker or making history, just this burning in my gut right now. And I, I just want to say to you, you're way more significant than you realize for such a time as this, we've been placed on this, this earth. And, you know, God's called us to, to save nations, to disciple nations, to go and make disciples and, and literally make a difference, make an impact. And I believe that's what's happening. I believe the church is beginning to rise, that people are beginning to see, to, to wake up. I believe the church is like a sleeping giant. And we need to wake up. So I'm hoping that we will arise and, and take our place in history. I want to read. This morning, we don't have all of our slides. We're basically, <laughs> we're basically just going to read the word. I have a lot of scriptures. So I hope you have your Bible or your phone or your phone app, your Bible app. Let's go to Acts chapter 17, starting verse 26 how significant you are in, as far as history is concerned. 
From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lives. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. If you could think, if you can really listen how significant the time and the place that God placed you in this hour. You were born for such a time as this. Like you could have been born 100 years ago, 500 years ago, but God chose this span of time and he chose where you were going to live. You are so significant. I want to read some statistics that are pretty mind-blowing about just acceleration and how God is moving in the earth. I got this out of Jesus culture. It said the world's population didn't reach one billion until 1804. In 1960, 156 years later, that number tripled to three billion people. In 1999, 39 years after that, the world's population doubled to six billion. Shortly, there will be more people alive on the earth than the total number of all who have ever lived. And God is, is saving, healing, and delivering so many people on the earth. And we don't hear about it, but I want to I give you something that will encourage you. One third of everyone who has come to Jesus since he ascended has done so in the last 10 years. That was as of 1999. Each week, one million people accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You don't hear about that on the news. With the population propulsion and rate of salvations, there will shortly be more people alive who confess Jesus as Lord than everyone in history who has been saved and is in heaven. That's amazing. You, are, you and I are living in the greatest hour in history. And it's important that we realize our significance. It's important that we realize our identity in Christ. Why you're here, the purpose. There's a purpose, there's a plan in all of this, and that's why you're here. I heard Bobby Connor say this. It is estimated that over the last decade, an average of 1,200 people have become Christians in China every hour. That's 25,000 people a day. All I can say is, wow. Come on, how God is doing so much in the earth if you watch the news too long, it'll just deflate you. But if you hear things like this and we, we jump into it, the church jumps into it and we join what's going on around the earth. So much in the United States, we just kind of look at what's right in front of us. But there's a big, big, huge picture going on in the earth. I feel like there's this an erosion that's trying to take place when it comes to truth and our culture in our society. Sandy and I have been in youth ministry for 
over 30 years and I've noticed something. I've noticed in the last 30 years how the, the Bible is becoming less important to each generation. And I just want to bring a change to that. I, I want to just say that, that these young people in this room, that God's word, I challenged the youth last two weeks ago to read the book of James. And a lot of them took me up on it. They read it. They jumped in it. And I believe there's, there's a desire for truth, but we have to pave the way for the generation. We have to put value on the word of God. And I, I want to just get us to look through some scriptures about truth, if that's okay. Go to Matthew 4.4. 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Notice that he said every word that comes from the mouth of God. In our culture, people are starting to pick and choose what they want to listen to. But we have to listen to all of it. The whole thing is God breathed. He breathed on it. It's alive. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. He breathed on it. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that we'll be equipped for every good work. God's word is powerful, and we need to realize that. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. If you can picture just grabbing a two-edged sword and pulling it, it would just slit you wide open. But the word is sharper than that. You know, John 8, 32. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There's so much freedom in truth. So much freedom. When you, when you hear the truth, you believe the truth and you walk in the truth, then there's freedom. I want you to go to John 18, 37. If I were to ask you, why did Jesus come to this earth? Almost everyone in this room would say to save us from our sins, to die on the cross, and those are all true. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to destroy the works of the devil. But Jesus, near the end of his life, was talking to Pilate. And in verse 37, Pilate said this. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king? In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Wow. Everyone on team Jesus listens to Jesus. But it's so important that we, we're not just listening, but we're engaging in what we're hearing. If I were to ask you, how many sermons have you heard in the last 10 years? How many sermons in the last five years? Hundreds and hundreds. What are we doing with all the, the information? What are we doing with all the truth? If I were, anybody in this room ever received a prophetic word, 
What are you doing with those prophetic words? Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Anybody in this room keep a journal? When God speaks to you, those are powerful words. I'm encouraging you to to not just be a, a hearer of the word, like it says in James, but a doer. Like you put something in it, you hear it, that's the word of God, that's truth, and then I step in it. I walk in it. If I were to walk outside in the rain and I came back, you would notice something. I would be wet. If we walk in truth, we can't help but exemplify it. You remember a few weeks ago, I talked about our beliefs. You have a belief system. It's kind of like a pyramid. Your belief is your base. Then what you value is next. But your beliefs and your values drive your actions. If we believe the word of God is true and we believe the word of God is powerful, then we place a value on it. And then when you place a value on it, you do something with it and it affects culture. We're not supposed to conform to the culture, but we're here to transform it. And when you and I live in the word and we live in God, then we're able to transform. First, our minds are transformed. Our minds are renewed and transformed. And then when you have the right mindset about yourself and about others, then we're able to change the world. You are a history maker. God has put you on this planet for such a time as this. I'm not going to be afraid of political correctness. I'm not going to let that stand in my way of the truth. In the church, church, we must start standing for truth and not be afraid of being misunderstood or even offending someone. Our goal is not to offend. Our goal is to love. Our goal is truth. I think it was Paul said, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. It's so important. I believe the church has lost some of its courage. And I want to to encourage you this morning, this time to start being courageous again. How many times did Jesus tell someone to take courage? How many times did God tell Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's a promise. He's got your back. He's got you hemmed in on all sides. And he's so for you, not against you. So I want to encourage you this morning. I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Such a popular verse. 
For God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind or self-control or self-discipline. God has given you and I power and love. If I were to ask you this morning, which is greater, love or fear? What's the greatest? Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Have you ever been in a situation where you were confronted on one side with love and the other side with fear? Amen. You ever been in that place before? Amen. When my daughter was little, we were at a relative's house and they had this dog that was acting really weird. And I said, I, I don't have a good feeling about your dog. And my daughter, she's about seven years old. Oh, he won't bite. That dog jumped on my daughter and was like, Arr! and I came across the room. And it was almost a field goal. I put that dog in the wall. But at that moment, I, I thought, as I was going towards that dog, my relatives are going to just freak when I kick their dog across the room. But at that moment, I was faced with a decision. Love always protects. Love always hopes. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. There's so much power in love. But see, the enemy, his tactic is fear. We want to push fear away from us. Okay, if God's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, then don't you think the enemy would like to steal that away from us? His tactic is to bring fear on you so that you won't do anything. He moves and operates in fear, and it's so important that we recognize he's a liar. I don't want to empower the liar. Satan does not have power over you unless you believe a lie and empower him with the lie. So I'm not going to let him empower me with fear. In our culture, there's a lot of fear-based things going on. There's a lot of things that... Have you ever heard this, this before? I want to just say this to the young people especially. Have you ever heard a voice that says you're too young? And as you get older, you ever heard that same voice tell you you're too old? The enemy wants to keep you sidelined so that you believe you're too young to be significant and then you're too old to do anything about it when you get old. It's a lie. Young people, I want all the young people, like if you're a teenager, to stand up in this room. Don't be timid. Stand up. Everybody in this room that's in middle school or high school, stand up, please. 
Do not look at me real, just for a second. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. And then he gives him another command. He said, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. And then he goes on to say, not only if you do these things will you save yourself, but you'll save other people. Amen. You are powerful. This is a powerful generation you're growing up in, and I just want to encourage all the young people in this room that you are very significant, and this church needs you and wants you to stand up. So why don't we just give them a hand and encourage them? You can go ahead and sit down. Thank you. I ask you, which is more powerful, love or fear? I want to tell you one other story. And... Uh, Sometimes it breaks me up when I tell it, but it's a, it's a true story when I had to deal with fear. Uh, my grandfather, I admired probably more than most men that I've ever been around. He fought in two wars. He was a man's man. He could do th three one-arm pull-ups with each arm. Not like this, but like the real three-arm pull-up. One thing I knew about my granddad, that he was tough, that he was, I won't say it, a bad, you know what, <laughs> he was really strong man. And I noticed something about him as I grew up. He never hugged another man, and he never told me or anybody else that he loved us, but I knew he loved us. And as I became a follower of Jesus as I became a believer. My grandfather and I were out hunting and we were on our way home and I just knew it in my heart. God said, I want you to tell your granddad you love him. Talking about, <laughs> talking about fear. <laughs> he might put me in the wall if I tell him I love him or hug him. But we were on the way back, and I just was talking to him. I started talking to him about Jesus first. And then the Lord said, tell him you love him. And I said, granddad, I want you to know something. I love you. And it was like, felt like a minute. But it was like 10 seconds. And then he, put, he was driving, and he put his hand out, and he said, I love you, son. Oh. That was the first time I'd ever heard him tell me that he loved me. And from that point on, a door was opened, and we started hugging. My dad took it a little too far. He's one of those kisser guys. <laughs> He kissed my granddad one time, and I thought my granddad was going to beat him up. <laughs> oh, man. 
Some people are really comfortable with love, you know? <laughs> Just don't get too close in my personal space, you know what I mean? My granddad also taught me something about fear that I want to share with you. And I think fear is stealing our courage. Go to Proverbs chapter 29. It says, The fear of man. Verse 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. That's how David was able to defeat Goliath. He put his trust in God. Not in the armor of Saul, not in what Saul said, you're just a boy, but he put his trust in God. For all you animal lovers, I'm getting ready to tell a story that might hurt you a little bit. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. My grandfather taught me how to trap. He lived up in Newfoundland on a naval base, and he learned a lot about hunting and trapping, and he took me in the woods. I was about 11 years old, and he said, I want to teach you how to set a snare. And so we went in, and there was a huge brush pile. And there was like little trails in there where like rabbits run. And he said, what we're going to do is we're going to set a snare there today and tomorrow when we come back, there'll be a rabbit laying there in the morning. And what he did, we found the run, and then we took a stake and we drove it in the ground and we put a wire leader and we ran it out to where it's about right the height of a rabbit where he would run. And what happens is the, the rabbit goes into the snare. And then as the rabbit tries to get out, it closes tighter and tighter until it chokes the life out of the animal. Well, believe it or not, that's what fear is doing to us. It's choking the life right out of us. It's choking the life right out of the church. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. You ever heard this fear if you're a woman out here? I'm never going to get married. Nobody loves me. I'll, ne I'll always be in debt. I'll never be out of debt. I'll never get ahead. There's fears, there's tactics that the enemy wants to put on you to keep you bound so that you won't move forward. But I'm here to say that God wants to set us free from fear this morning. He wants to break every chain of fear. So let's look up some scriptures about this power and this love. Go to John 4, 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. 
Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this, listen to this, in this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Wow. God is love. If we're going to live in love, then we're living in God and God is living in us. Have you ever asked God for more love? Have you ever said, God, I want to love more? Have you thought that the very people around you, the people that you might dislike, the the people that rub you wrong might be the very people that help you learn to love like God loves. Let's talk about power real quick in Acts chapter one. Verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. You are a powerful people. And what you believe can change the world. Go to Acts 4. We're singing about the power of Jesus. Verse 12, chapter 4. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's so much power in the name of Jesus. I think verse 13 is my life, one of my life verses. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you spend time with Jesus, you become bold. It says the righteous are as bold as a lion. I want to bring courage to you this morning. I want to, it's almost like Jesus is giving us an invitation to come closer to him, to come into a place where we receive the power and the love, and then we walk it out in everyday life. Anybody in this room tired of playing it safe? You know, God's called us to so much more. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. 
I want to ask you to get up out of your seat and let's decide this morning that we're going to leave fear behind. We're going to move into the place that God has for us. If you're tired of playing it safe, if you're tired of the fear that's plaguing you and holding you back and choking the life out of you, then I want to encourage you to, let's come up here. Let's step out of our place of being comfortable. The church of God, the body of Christ, it's our destiny to be strong and courageous. It's our destiny to be wild at heart. It's our destiny to change the world. You right there that just walked up here, I don't know your name. Matthew. God's got a real strong hand on your life. He's got a real strong anointing that he's wanting to give to you. And I just want to encourage you that the days of playing it safe are over. You know, that he's called you into the deeper waters. Kind of been on the, on the shore. And he's saying, Matthew, come forth. Come alive. So I just want to encourage you. I want to put courage into you this morning. I want to put courage into this body this morning. Listen to me really good, please. God did not give you a spirit of fear. That's not God. But God gave you love. And he's given us power. And he's given us a sound mind. If you're in this room and, and maybe you're, you've been afraid to, to live for Jesus, you know, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to give your life to Jesus. So I want to lead you in a prayer because I believe this morning is a significant moment, like a Kairos moment in time. A Kairos moment is a God moment. The Lord's getting ready to break chains. The chains of fear are getting ready to be gone. So the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, we speak to fear and we command fear to bow to the name of Jesus. No more fear in the body of Christ. No more fear of man. No more man-pleasing spirit. So today in Jesus' name, we cast off. I literally just see yourself casting off fear. Fear does not have a place in you. But the power of God's love does. God is love. Whoever lives in God lives in love and love in them and God in them. God is alive in you. And it, now it's time for the church to release power through love that changes the world. So we just break the chain of fear in Jesus' name. Just break it off of your people and we command it to go in Jesus' name. As we sing this, I just want you to just get a vision of it going. Fear.
being gone. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.